everybody and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690am in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demister. So folks, we're already in that later weeks of the season, December 7th today. We got a Thursday nighter today. Talk about the playoff push being for real. It starts, uh, playoffs start, uh, you know, quicker than uh, than we all like to think. So teams, uh, you know, got to take every snap. Uh, and, uh, you know, make make the most of it. Obviously, our show is an NFL show, as everybody knows. Dominic, the college football playoff rankings uh, were announced just the other day. We have uh, Alabama playing against Michigan. We got Texas playing against Washington in the college football playoff. Uh, what are your thoughts and uh, predictions of uh, how that's going to pan out before we get into our NFL games? Oh, it's going to be pretty amazing, actually. I personally can't wait to see Michigan. It's been a while we haven't seen Michigan. I know the fans have a huge fan base, and quite frankly, I'm rooting for them all the way. Quarterback J.J. McCarthy might be drafted in the first round next year. Can't wait to see him play. So that's my thoughts. I understand Alabama finished number five, but, you know, 12-1. and Sometimes you just got to go with the undefeated teams. But those Texas, I don't know, they obviously lost the game as well. So they had to pick somebody, and Texas made it in. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go. I like uh, the Texas-Washington matchup there. I'm going to go with Texas over Alabama in the championship game, hook them horns. I'm kind of rooting for Texas or Washington this year, but I think Texas gets the job done and they're going to be the ones hosting the trophy when the season is all said and done. All right, let's get to our NFL games now, folks. Dominic, we had, as per usual, an incredible week in the NFL. Upsets, comebacks, delays, whatever you want to call it. Let's uh, go and uh, dissect our first game of this past weekend. Yeah, let's start off right away with... The Seattle Seahawks against the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I have to admit, I've been one who's been on Dak Prescott's back for his entire career. But to me, this might have been his biggest victory of his entire career. I know that's saying a lot. Listen, they just vaulted to 9-3. and three. They beat a very good coach with in Pete Carroll, who, you know, at this point needs every win in order to make the playoffs. Seattle has a tough schedule down the stretch, as we discussed last week. So for Dallas, you know, to play this well and in the fourth quarter to win it, to me, it spoke volumes. Prescott goes 29 for 41, three touchdowns, and the hottest receiver in the NFL keeps on just lighting it up week in and week out, and that is C.D. Lamb. 12 receptions, 116 yards, and one TD. This is the combo. This reminds me of last year's combo. You know, Jamar Chase and Burrow. Well, this year, it's the Doc Prescott and CeeDee Lamb show. How far can this take him? Maybe they could, it could take them all the way, William. They could potentially go all the way to the Super Bowl if they manage to do what they did against Seattle, which was almost a flawless football game. No turnovers from Dak Prescott. And on the other side, you know, Seattle, they're not out of it. It's just Geno right now. You know, he's hurting. He almost had a chance, in my opinion. You know, Jackson Smith and Nyingba was having a great game here. Seven receptions, 62 yards, and 11 targets. I would have gone to him a lot more late in that drive. Unfortunately, they couldn't convert two short third downs and a fourth down. So Seattle loses this game. But wow, the Dallas Cowboys are riding hot, winning this football game 41 to 35. Man, what an incredible and fun game. I was uh, treated to watching this game with a Cowboys and a Seahawks fan at a, uh, a cool uh, 
uh, restaurant, sports restaurant. And yeah, it was really cool to kind of get both perspectives. And we were talking about the fact that we haven't really seen a great Thursday nighter consistently uh, this season. And man, did this one ever deliver. You mentioned 41-35, a close game there. Seattle really impressed me in this game. And we always talk about the fact that there's no moral victories. I really thought Dallas was going to come in there and... Um, and, you know, kind of controlled the game from the start. But it wasn't like that. Seattle built the lead early. Dallas came back. And it really was, like you mentioned, the wide receiver and CD Lamb. But even uh, DK Metcalf, he's, you know, faced his fair share of criticism. And, you know, rightfully so. There are games where he has been quiet, uh, you know, for his standards. But in this game, he performed. He made the most of every one of his catches, getting three touchdowns in the game. And, you know, this I did not expect this game to be that high scoring. You had a great defense in Dallas, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And you have an offense in Seattle that's up and down. But, you know, like you talk about each player in this game on the offensive side of the ball and you could, you know, make the case for for anyone that, uh, you know, they deserve the game ball. But, yes, that Prescott, at the end of the day, he outplayed Geno Smith in this one and he's put himself into the MVP conversation, which, you know, is pretty impressive. I didn't think that'd be possible this late in the season as we're already heading into week 14. So kudos to him. And, yes, like you mentioned, um, this, uh, this this Dallas Cowboys team is riding hot right now. They got a big, big game coming up this weekend against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, which we'll talk about later on in the show. But I like what Dallas is doing now. You know, we talk about are they for real? Right now, they do look for real. I know the questions come into play, come playoff time with this team. But, you know, right now, the eye test says that this team is good and they're definitely a top five team in the NFL. For Seattle, this would have been a good game to win because their schedule does get tough. And you know what the thing is for them is – I wasn't really all that confident late in the game that Geno Smith is going to put the team on his back and go out there and win this game. They had a chance down by six. And that fourth down play, I don't know what Geno was thinking. He was like trying to avoid a sack. He threw the ball to the ground. I know pressure's on, but you kind of got to be smarter in that situation there. I just think that's, you know, difference in this game being one team had, you know, what seems to be this year an elite quarterback and the team had a fairly good quarterback. And yes, the Cowboys uh, do improve their record. Seattle not out of it yet. Six and six. A lot of teams suck at six and six in the NFC. But this was a much better game than I anticipated. A game that was not nearly as good as I anticipated was the statement of all statement games. The San Francisco 49ers go into the city of brotherly love and absolutely crush the Philadelphia Eagles 42 to 19. In this game, everything was working right for the 49ers, except for that first quarter. This game started off very poorly for them. They had negative yards in that first quarter. And then something switched. Brock Purdy turned into Mr. So Relevant uh, those last three quarters. Debo Samuel had himself a game. And it was like everything that seemed to be working when the 49ers win was working in that game. McCaffrey is just so incredible with the football in his hands. He's so patient and he's slippery, slimy, and he just he just finds ways to break tackles. And, you know, this game was no different. He's really impressed. He's an MVP candidate this year. And, you know, you talk about top dog in the NFC and maybe in the NFL. We were riding high on the Eagles all season long. We had talked about the fact that there were question marks surrounding this Eagles team who hadn't necessarily beat it, a quote-unquote contender. And Mano Mandis and Fran answered some questions in this one. Uh, Purdy in this game, finishing 19 of 27, 314 yards, four TDs. Debo, like I mentioned, a buck 16, receiving two TDs. Uh, McCaffrey, 93 yards on the ground with a touchdown there. This was, you know, maybe a wake-up call for the Eagles, and this may not be all that bad. Because I think the Eagles are riding high, and, you know, Sirianni's with, uh, you know, Lord knows that his head could uh, could get a little bit smaller uh, in, uh, you know, terms for that Philadelphia team. But this was, you know, a punch in the face to the Eagles, Dom, and I'm really curious to see how they're going to respond this weekend. But for San Fran right now, they proved that, you know, today they're the best team in the NFL. 
Yeah, San Francisco completely shut down the running game of the Eagles. And you really saw Jalen Hurts having to struggle. Although he didn't struggle with A.J. Brown, that recipe seems to be on week in and week out. Maybe padding his stats a bit at the end. But regardless, I thought that the San Francisco 49ers won the line of scrimmage. And that's how you win football games. You go toe-to-toe, line against line, and guys like, you know, Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, having great games. These are the difference maker. Unfortunately, Drake Greenlaw got ejected out of this football game. You know, a lot of players these days are getting ejected for all sorts of reasons. And it's kind of like you scratch your head sometimes, but no, Drake Greenlaw got ejected. Very bizarre play. He's kind of like pointing at the, his hand kind of grazed one of the securities of the um, security guards of the Eagles, but bizarre play to say the least. Guy gets kicked out, and but it didn't matter. San Francisco just rode the momentum and won this football game 42-19. to Brock Purdy having just a really good flow in this football game. All Brock Purdy, four TDs. I mean, William, what are your thoughts now, Brock Purdy? Do you think that by beating the Eagles in prime time at 4 o'clock, the game of the week, do you think he's able now to really showcase that he's got the confidence, he's got the moxie, and right now we should be taking Brock Purdy a lot more seriously than his rookie season? Well, I'm very glad you asked because that was my next point. I, I think that Brock Purdy is underrated. And, you know, the, the thing with him is everybody, you know, the easy thing to say is, yeah, well, anybody can quarterback a team like that and anybody can win football games if they had the weapons that he has. His numbers have been incredible. And, you know, just take away those numbers. He makes the right decision. He throws a good ball. He doesn't panic. He's calm. Everything you want to see from a starting quarterback and a potential Super Bowl winning quarterback, he has. You know, I'm not going to say he's the best quarterback in football, maybe not top five. I think you could put him in the case for top 10, but I really don't think he deserves the, sorry, he gets the credit he deserves because of how good of a team that is surrounding him. And that's not his fault, right? You know, if you had these star players in your team, you're going to make the most of it. And he has been. So I really think it's time that we start putting uh, more trust in Brock Purdy. And yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, safe to, to, I feel completely comfortable saying I don't think that we give him enough credit. And I, I do find him underrated. Yes. I wonder if this guy were to win a Super Bowl, this would have to be a movie script. It really, like yeah. a guy getting picked last overall and then making it to the playoffs his first year, then potentially winning the Super Bowl this year. This is a movie script. I've never seen it before. I'm going to give all the credits to the San Francisco 49ers organization to have found a quarterback that fits the system so well. And by picking up Christian McCaffrey, why did the Carolina Panthers ever let this guy go will always remain a mystery to me. And for San Francisco to just hit a home run by adding this perfect piece, because really it's the Christian McCaffrey show. I don't know if Brock Purdy would be that good if McCaffrey wasn't there. You can make, you can make a case with Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason and so on and so forth. The system is good, but it really is McCaffrey that was the missing piece. And then Brock Purdy just managing the system so well. I have to admit, William, this is the front runner right now to win the Super Bowl, the San Francisco 49ers. But I'm telling you, I'm still sticking with my initial theory that on any given Sunday, the NFL is so tight this year, someone mm-hmm. can knock the 49ers out. They did lose three games this year, so let's not pump it up too much. But right now, they are number one in my book in the NFL. Yeah, I think you got to put them number one power rankings, no doubt about it. And, you know, look, for Philadelphia right now, they're going to have to answer some questions. And 
obviously they are Super Bowl contender. You know, you don't want to make it, uh, you know, bigger than it is based on one game, but they just did not look competitive in this game. And you think it is a wake-up call? Yes, but if I'm an Eagles fan, I would be worried because, you know, they just, like, didn't seem to have any business being in this football game. And especially the fact that they were home. Yeah, it's uh, it's not something that I, I thought we were going to see. I thought Philly was going to win a tight game here. Uh, it was not the case. So really curious to see how they bounce back. But yeah, Philly's going to need to, uh, you know, to figure things out because they did not look good in that game. Uh, all right, Tom, let's continue with the recaps. Let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Green Bay Packers. Uh-oh, what is going yeah. on in Kansas City? Who would have thought Sunday Night Football, Green Bay at home, the mystique of Lambeau Field. Yes, the Packers win this football game 27-19. to Jordan Love. William, is Jordan Love the future in Green Bay now? Can we finally say that Jordan Love has ascended to become the franchise quarterback in Green Bay after beating Mr. Patrick Mahomes? What are your thoughts? I want to say yes, but my better judgment is saying let's tone it down just a tad because, yes, he looked great in this game and he was slinging that ball like it was no one's business. And he's had back-to-back very good weeks. He's been up and down, though. I want to see him continue on this trend, but I've been very impressed with him. And I didn't think that this team would be competitive as they are now as the way they started the season. So impressed with love. Want to see more, but a very impressive performance. You know how I am with quarterbacks, William, and I haven't been really friendly to Jordan Love as well. We both knocked him down, but you know what? This is a very similar scenario with the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. When you find a guy to work your system, Matt LaFleur, this guy's going to be a head coach in Green Bay for a long time. He has found a really good recipe for the Green Bay Packers, and it's actually, in my opinion, we, we talked about it last week, it's having so much depth at the wide receiver position has enabled finally for Jordan Love to get confidence. You can literally, he said it himself. You know, last time I played Kansas City, I was kind of like tight. I should have just sometimes just let it go and, and let my receivers make the play. Well, guess yeah. what? He learned from his mistakes. He let his receivers go downfield and make the plays. And when you guys, when you got guys like Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, as a rookie, has blown me away. What a great rookie season has he's had for the Green Bay Packers. And we talked about a little bit of unknowns in Malik Heath and Wicks, those all those guys, and you've got to throw in Romeo Dobbs, who at, at one point was the number one ride receiver on this team. This team is loaded. I really tip my hat off to Matt LaFleur. He has rode the ship really well. He obviously went through a lot of turbulence early in the, in the season, but right now, I'm sorry. I have to say that the Green Bay Packers are going to make the playoffs right now. A lot of people are going to think maybe I'm crazy and this is a fluke for Jordan Love. I no longer think it's a fluke. Jordan Love, Here are the keys. In my opinion, you are the future quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. As long as Matt LaFleur is your head coach, I have full confidence in this franchise moving forward. As for the football game in itself, you know, Kansas City, what went wrong? You know, they didn't do bad in running the football. Isaiah Pecco, 18 carries, 110 yards, one TD. 
But again, we keep on coming back to the ride receivers in Kansas City. They actually had a pretty good recipe. They made Rasheed Rice their number one focal point. But for whatever reason, there's just nobody behind Rasheed Rice. And it's, sometimes it shows. You're seeing Patrick Mahomes having to run a lot more than in the past, in my opinion. And yes, the defense was a bit banged up at one point. And the defense obviously is a lot better in Kansas City than we've seen in this football game. But you know what? You got to tip your hat to the Packers. Kansas City is no slouch. And they win this football game 27-19. to Congratulations to the Green Bay Packers. Hey, I'm with you on that one. As long as Patrick Mahomes is the other quarterback, you know, it's uh, not going to be easy to beat him. So a big statement win there by the Packers. And yes, right now, they are currently sitting in a playoff spot. Crazy how things change week to week. So we'll continue with our recaps of the games that happened this past weekend. We had an absolute barn burner shootout between the Patriots and the Chargers. 6 nothing final <laughs> score. Uh, the Chargers came out victorious. In this day and age, when it's so difficult to play defense with the amount of flags and, you know, the refereeing favoring the offense, I'm not going to say giving out free points, but yes, it is, it's been evident that it's very hard to play defense in today's football. To see a score like 6 nothing in any any football game, almost at any level, is crazy. Um, I, I You look at the stats of this game, and, you know, they're very, very hard to look at. But for me, Dom... It's incredible to see a team struggle to put up points like the Patriots. And not only do they struggle to put up points, they struggle to get first downs. It's it's like pulling teeth to get this team uh, to, to score points. It's I, I don't think I've seen an offense this poor in, in years. And they just look unorganized, no leadership. It's funny, I saw a meme they were showing, oh, good, it's going to be uh, Thursday night football this week between the Steelers and the Patriots. And they show TJ Watt for the Steelers. And for the Patriots, they show Bill Belichick because the Patriots don't have any star players. They don't like, if you're a Patriots fan, what jersey are you going to buy, right? Like uh, Devontae Parker, Stevenson, uh, maybe Gonzalez on defense. Like this, this defense is having a heck of a season. And they've become the first team, I believe, since 1958 to hold their opponents to 10 points or less in three straight games, Dominic, and still manage to lose all three of those games. If you look at their schedule, their last, I couldn't believe it when I, I said, come on, my buddy Terry to him and I said, like, Terry, that's ridiculous. That, uh, you know, that only happens in movies. But if you look at the Patriots schedule, Dominic, uh, this past weekend, like I mentioned, they, they lost to six nothing to the uh, the L.A. Chargers. I'm not going to say a big win by the Chargers because they scored six points. But the Patriots, uh, on November 12th, lost 10-6. to They had a bye week. The week after that, they lost 10-7, to and then they lose 6 nothing. So they have 13 points in their last three games combined. 13. I'm not sure uh, I know what it is. I think it's the fact that they just don't have any star players and certainly don't have a quarterback. I'm glad Bailey Zappi got the start because Mac Jones serves. He doesn't deserve it. Uh, I didn't really want to talk much about this game or at, about this game at all, but I just think it'd be criminal not to at least bring it up and talk about how rare it is we see a score like this. And like the, like I said, Dom, like the Patriots finding a way to lose three straight games where in each and every one of their, those games, they give up 10 points or less. It's, it's mind-boggling today in the NFL. No, it's, it is mind-boggling. And what makes it more mind-boggling, it's under Bill Belichick, which to me, He's always had a winning football program and he has a way to get his team to play high-end football. What has gone wrong in New England? Well, it all started in preseason, right? We talked about the QB carousel. He basically destroyed both quarterbacks' confidence before the first snap in, in, in this year's f football season. So 
that was a disaster. And when you're not playing your star players, but yet you're paying them to be a decoy, they brought in Juju Smith-Schuster. For what? To him to to basically sit on the bench and and drink Gatorade the entire game? Like, what is going on with this entire franchise? I mean, people who actually were the ones who obviously gave the money to Juju, what are they doing? You know, who's speaking? Is, Is it just Bill Belichick who's basically running this show? And if it is, he's gone. He'll be gone by the end of the season. He will be gone. I have never seen a franchise recently struggle the way the Patriots have. And for a franchise with so much, you know, Super Bowl victories and the pride that they have, I don't care if it's Bill Belichick. I don't care if it was the best coach that's ever played. The fans deserve better. The product is absolutely terrible. Unless they're trying to tank on purpose, which obviously could be, you know, a theory out there, but I'm not buying it. I looked at the QB class this year. Yeah, people might be big on Caleb Williams. You know, he's probably the best out of the QB prospects, but I don't think he's that great in order to make such a risk to occur. So I'm not buying it. I think Bill Belichick, the locker room, basically quit on him, and he has lost the locker room. And when you do that, you're as good as nothing, and hence why you see the score that you're seeing. There's no excuse, William, and I'm I'm stumped for for any other explanation than that. Yeah. But I do expect Bill Belichick to be gone by the end of the season. Yeah, you know, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I have to agree with you. I just think something has to change. It's you know been too many seasons now uh, that they just struggle on the offensive side of the ball. And you know, yes, that they've been blessed, and you know, they've been you know, uh, I guess you can say, yeah, fortunate and blessed with the amount of success they had over the last few years. Um, I'm not even talking about the way they're struggling as even a comparison to that. If you take any random football team or even the worst football team in, in football over the last uh, 30 years, it's like, I don't think I've ever remember seeing something like this within the three game span. So I think something needs to change. And, you know, you may be right. It, it, it probably will. and should start with Bill Belichick because the right now they just, they just don't have any firepower. And it's a good point about Juju Smith-Schuster because I remember when they got him, I was a little worried as Dolphins fan. Like, oh, you know, I think this guy has something to prove a little bit left in the tank. Mind you, he hasn't done um, or hasn't produced what they expected to him. And, you know, maybe he hasn't been as great as a football on the football field as they would have hoped. But you're right, he's not getting the opportunities to show and or prove himself. So, tough situation in New England. They got to figure out something. And, yes, like, even if they get Caleb Williams, there's just nobody on this offense that, you know, is going to generate much offense. Could be Juju if he gets the opportunity. But, uh, you know, if not, that this is uh, this team is heading in the, wrong, in the wrong direction, that's for sure. And crazy, crazy to uh, think that, say that about the Patriots after their many, many years of success. Uh, let's continue with the recaps, Dom. Yeah, let's change gears completely. And let's talk about the Denver Broncos versus yes. the Houston Texans. Texans won a big one, 22-17 against the hottest team in the NFL. C.J. Stroud going for 16 for 27, 274 yards and one TD. And who did he feed this week? Now it's Nico Collins entering the show. Nine receptions, 191 yards and one TD on 12 targets. 
you know, this team knows how to pass the football. And it's very rare that you see a rookie coming in and just executing the way that he's been. Now he's done it against the hottest team in the NFL against a great coach in Sean Payton. I mean, what else do we have to say? Is CJ Stroud going to be the rookie of the year? Guaranteed he's going to be the rookie of the year. This guy is impressive. You got to say that the coaching staff up there is doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Sitting at seven and five, you know, this division right now with Trevor Lawrence going down in Jacksonville, dare I say, is Houston going to vault over Jacksonville and even win the division? Wow, this would be beautiful to see. I'm super happy. CJ Stroud, to me, has been the best storyline for a young rookie quarterback that we've seen in a while. I think this is the future. I really think this guy could be basically the face of the franchise. Potentially even over Pat Mahomes. Yes, I'll go that far. I can't wait to wow. see KC play against Houston. No, William, I do believe Houston is set up for success. I mean, the ride receivers that they got up there, they're not the flashiest players, but they get the job done. And why? Yeah. Well, you got to imagine that CJ Stroud is putting it exactly where these guys want it. So to me, it starts with him. And for him to be doing this in his rookie year is yeah. mind-boggling. So what are we going to see next year out of C.J. Stroud? And the year after that, what I'm smelling is a Super Bowl within the next three years. Wow. You could see it. You could feel it. They're going to draft more defensive players on this franchise. The offense is clicking. The coaching staff is feeling it. I love the Houston Texans. And quite frankly, I would love to see them win one game in the playoffs because I think the hype is real. And I'm a believer in the Houston Texans. This was supposed to be a rebuilding year for them, right? You know, get CJ Stroud, you know, see what you have in him. Let him feed us his, you know, his rookie receivers there. And yeah, unfortunately, Tank Dell uh, done for the year after uh, after blocking uh, on, on one of the plays. Just the unfortunate situation there. And oh, man, I was such a big fan of Tank Dell. Uh, and, you know, Tank Dell's a tank. And, uh, you know, and it's going to be uh, tough to see what these guys do with him not playing now. I really hope, I wish for him for a speedy recovery. Basically said that he's going to be done for the year. And now CJ Stroud, we're going to see you know what he's going to be able to do without him but and we did see what he was able to do without him right in this game like you said finding collins um has been a little bit more quiet this year because of the production of tank dell but yeah all that to say houston was supposed to be uh in the rebuilding stage you could say they still are but they're in a heck of a great rebuilding stage because right now they're just outside of a playoff spot and to talk about how big this game was you have three teams right now that hold the the wild card spots Pittsburgh steelers cleveland browns Indianapolis Colts. All three of them are seven and five. You have the Houston Texans right behind that are in uh, that fourth wild card spot. So not a wild card spot, but just right there at seven and five as well. And the Denver Broncos at six and six. So if Denver won that game, they would have swapped. And not only does Houston have one game in hand over Houston, over Denver, excuse me, but they have the head to head now that they beat them. So it's going to be a race for the finish, right? It's going to be a super, super fun and intense race to see what happens. Cause yeah, this was one of the games I had circled and for, you know, Denver, unfortunate, right? We talked about them. They were super hot. Russell Wilson seemed to come back to, you know, the Russell Wilson of the beginning of the season, throwing three interceptions in this game and, you know, not looking all that great. But, uh, you know, Denver obviously still a lot to play for and a huge win by those Texans. Speaking of the Colts, like I said, who hold that last playoff spot, they win a wacky game against the Titans this weekend in overtime. 31 to 28. And with that win, they have the last playoff spot. And, you know, you look at the stats in this game uh, for that Colts defense. Like, yes, they did give up 28 points, but they sacked Willie by six times in this game. 
uh, not easy to do. D hop, six catches, 75 yards, uh, sorry, five catches, 75 yards, a TD. Derek Henry rushing for over 100 yards. This was a more entertaining game than I expected it to be. Uh, a wacky, wacky finish. But, you know, Indianapolis needed this game a lot more because they are fighting for their playoff lives. And Michael Pittman helping them out, doing what he does, 100, 100 uh, 105 yards, 11 catches, one touchdown. Gardner Minshew throwing for two TDs on the day, no picks, 312 yards. And, uh, you know, Zach Moss wasn't what we know we thought he would be, only getting 51 yards. So it's impressive that... Even without the production out of the running backs in this, you know, on this team, and no Anthony Richardson, obviously, who's gone for the year. Gardner Minshew has filled in quite well for the most part and has his team at seven and five, where it has them clicking. I know it's the Titans, but still, it's a win on the road. And I'm really, really curious to see how these final three AFC wildcard spots finish up because Buffalo's right there at six and six. You know, you never know what could happen with them. They have arguably the most talented team in the AFC. So, Fight for the finish and a big, big win by, like we just mentioned, the Texans and potentially even a bigger win by the Colts over the Titans in overtime. Huge win for the Indianapolis Colts. Absolutely huge. And this team is playing as a team, right? You talk about this defense. I was shocked when they let go of Leonard. When Leonard left yes. this football team, I was scratching my head. I'm like, what is Indianapolis doing? But when I see Quiddy Pay and Ibukam do what they're doing right now, man, they're getting to the quarterback. They're sacking players left and right. Zaire Franklin also has been the, the guy that I didn't see coming, uh, really leading this team in tackles. Just a monster. And they also got DeForest Buckner. So I think when you got a solid defense like that, things can happen. And who would have thought, you know, Garner Minshew, we've always talked about him being a decent backup quarterback, but now he's really getting a chance to solidify himself as a starter. This is basically an audition for next year, because I think next year he will no longer be a Colts. He'll be definitely probably signing on an NFL team, someone who obviously missed maybe getting a quarterback in the draft. So Garner Minshew really showcasing his skills out there and Finding finally Alec Pierce. This guy's been shut out all year round. Uh, he's basically on the football field every single play, 100% of the time, but yet not having a great game. But finally in this game, three receptions, 100 yards and one TD, a big bomb for 55 yards. You know, they got Josh Downs, but they also have Alec Pierce. So keep an eye late in the season. If Indianapolis are going to go far and make the playoffs, they're going to need Alec Pierce to play like he did in this football game. As for Tennessee, I said this team unfortunately gave up the season a couple of weeks back. But it seems like they still had a bit of fight in this football game. Divisional game, playing for pride. Unfortunately for them, they come out on the losing stick. Will Levi kind of developing as a rookie should, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Will Levi is going to be the answer long term. I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins stays next year. I don't think Derrick Henry stays next year. So I think yeah. Tennessee is in for a full rebuild. And that's with Mike Vrabel being gone. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But and then at least they showed up in this football game, but they played a very good Colts team. The Colts take it 31-28. Yeah, and I think just you talk about the last two games that we just mentioned, big games by both teams and just, you know, just, uh, with where they were in the standings, uh, even bigger. And, you know, the fact that, you know, you're able to win a divisional game is even all that more important. And it's just, man, from the the one seed, sorry, I should say the one seed in the wild card. So technically the five seed all the way to the seven seed in the wild card. You got one game separating these teams. You got the Steelers, Browns, Colts, Texans, all at seven and five. 
Then you got the Broncos, Bengals, Bills, all at six and six. I love this time of year. I love that it's close. I love that it's unpredictable. So it should be a fun, fun rest of the season. Uh, let's continue, Dominic. Yeah, let's talk about those Steelers versus Arizona. Jeez. What happened here? Yeah. Arizona takes it 24 to 10. Huge delay in this football yeah. game. Kenny Pickett also going down with an ankle injury. Mitch Trubinsky. Oh, God, Mitch Trubinsky. We all know what Mitch can do, which unfortunately is not win football games. <laughs> the Steelers, unfortunately, are going to get really, really pressed to make the playoffs this year. Now, it will all depend on how many games Kenny Pickett will miss. So yeah. keep an eye on that. Mitch Trubinsky, you know, uh, I'd be surprised if he goes 500. If he wins one game, I'll be surprised. That's how – I just don't have confidence in Mitch Trubinsky. I've seen it before. I've seen it again. I think he's predictable. And at the end of the day, you just can stack the box with a weak quarterback. And unless Jalen Warren plays out of his mind and that one-two combo, Najee Harris, just goes off, I just don't see it. I think the Steelers, unfortunately, are going to be struggling down the stretch. As for the Arizona Cardinals – they shouldn't have won this football game. Arizona's been awful all season. But you know what happened? James Conner happened. Facing yeah. his old team, baby. Yeah. You know, you know he was going to show up. 25 carries, 105 yards, and two TDs. Pittsburgh should have been, you know, probably never let him go. But it's hard to say now that they have Jalen Warren producing so much. But I really like James Conner. I think that he was a great addition for the Arizona Cardinals. Moving forward, you know. Are they going to stick with him next year? It's going to be tough to see you depending on what their game plan is going to be moving forward because they might also blow up this entire franchise with the exception of maybe a couple players here and there. So again, a 3-10 team beating the Steelers is just, ugh, it's god-awful. But you got to give your hats to James, hat off to James Conner to win this football game for the Arizona Cardinals. They take it 24-10. to 10. Yeah, you got to love when you know players play against their old team. And it's just that... That passion, that you know, kind of uh, chip on their shoulder they hold after the, the you know parted ways with their uh, former team, no matter how it went. If they decide to leave mutually or they let them go, you just always want to have a good game when you're playing against uh, one of your former teams. But yeah, you know, weird game to delay twice because of the weather. And Pittsburgh had a lot more to play for in this game, Dominic, obviously, than Arizona. So a little bit disappointing there. The news on Pickett is it looks like he's going to miss at least three to four games. So it'll be up to Trubisky, like you said, to to kind of uh, man the ship, as they say. And, you know, that may not be the guy that you want in charge. Hopefully that defense can continue to play as they, as you know, they played all season long and uh, pick up the, the slack the offense has been, uh, you know, leaving behind. And, yeah, Pittsburgh's capable of doing it, obviously capable of winning with that defense. Eventually you're going to have to have your quarterback make some plays. So pressure's on Kenny Pickett. Uh, excuse me, pressure's on, well, yes, Kenny Pickett to get back soon, but pressure's on Mitch Trubisky now and, and to see what he can do. Uh, a quarterback that balled the heck out this past weekend that we did not see, or I did not see coming, Jake Browning leading his Cincinnati Bengals over the Jacksonville Jaguars. He went 32 of 37, 354 yards, one touchdown. So, you know, I was most excited to do the show this week because of, uh, there was a lot I wanted to say about this performance. But one of the things I wanted to say was, Oftentimes in the NFL, when you have a backup quarterback, you have play callers decide, you know what, we're going to have our backup quarterback manage the game and he's not going to lose us the game, right? We're going to hand it off to Mixon. We're going to throw a screen to Jamar Chase. Then we're going to hand it off again. Then we're going to throw a screen to Tyler Boyd. Then, you know, it's third and eight. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll hand off and we'll keep hunting the ball. 
That's not the way this Bengals team played this game at all. They gave the keys to Jake Browning. They said, here's the keys. Drive that Ferrari, and we trust you, right? They drafted him for, or they have him on the team for a reason. And man, oh man, did he impress. You look at the play calls in this game. He trusted himself, Jake Browning did, to make any throw possible. And so did the offensive coordinator. And that's what I love about this team and the way they play this football game. So many times we see backup quarterbacks come in and teams like to play conservative football. And it, it just really wasn't the case. And I think Jacksonville was caught by surprise. You know, they didn't know how good Jake Browning was. I'm sure they did not think this was going to be the game plan to throw the ball 37 times to the backup QB. You know, only running 19 times, not only there, but... You assume with a backup quarterback, a guy like Joe Mixon could get 25, maybe even 30 carries. But Jamar Chase going bananas, 11 catches, 149 yards. And, like, look, if I'm a Bengals fan, I don't know if we're making the playoffs. I don't know if I'm going to see another performance like this out of Jake Browning for the rest of his career. But I just like that, you know, the team and, the you know, the coaching staff trusted the backup quarterback, Jake Browning, to make a play. You know what? They were didn't play scared. I don't like that scared conservative Let's play not to lose football. And that's exactly what they did not do in this game. And, you know, that's why they caught, in my opinion, the Jags by surprise. Unfortunately, uh, Trevor Lawrence gets injured. I don't know where the heck the, the cart was because he had to walk off by himself. Looks like a high ankle sprain. Shouldn't be too, too serious. For me, the story is Craig Browning. And got to give shout out to that coaching staff. You know, we talk about players, players, players. But coaching staff, game ball goes to you, offensive coordinator, and Jake Browning. And man, you know, I was hyped for this game for the Bengals because I really didn't see this coming. And I thought this was going to be a one-sided game for Jacksonville, who's playing for the one seed. Uh, so yeah, great job, Cincy. Great job, Browning. You get my ball, game ball of the week. Yeah, shocker. Really a big shocker, Cincinnati taking this football game. Zach Taylor definitely had a great freaking game plan. I'm honestly a bit bewildered that Jacksonville let this one go because I honestly yeah. think this was a fluke. I really do. I'm not buying uh, Browning as much as you are. I think that bringing in T Higgins this week, you know, obviously opened up this offense. Jamar Chase is a great ride receiver. He had a phenomenal game. He only he had one drop out of uh, 12 targets. I mean, that's pretty darn good. Tyler mm -hmm. Boyd played his role. And even Joe Mixon, who was called out, uh, last week, you know, kind of like not having a great performance down the stretch here, but really showed up in this game. And I think this was all a great game plan from Zach Taylor. All mm -hmm. the dominoes fell perfectly for Cincinnati to win this game. As much as I want to give Browning more kudos, is this is the perfect, perfect scenario that you'll probably never see again for Browning. I've seen this happen here and there, and personally... I'm not buying it. I really am not. I know Jamar Chase is a great receiver, and he could probably do things that other receivers can't. But Jake Brown is going to have to be flawless down the stretch. Flawless. And I just don't see somebody like, uh, I don't know, San Fran. They're probably not going to be playing San Fran. But you know what I'm trying to say? I don't see another competitive, great football team letting Jake Browning walk all over them like Jacksonville did. Now we have some game tape on Jake Browning. People will scheme properly, and they will shut him down. When you have a young guy coming in, sometimes you just don't have enough tape. Jacksonville mm -hmm. didn't do their homework. They were, you know, obviously put through the ringer, and the Cincinnati Bengals won this football game. So congratulations. They take it 34-31. to 31. Yeah, I think that's what's all that more impressive, though. Like you said, don't really know that don't really know about him or the tape. You know, he was undrafted. You know, I'm sure the Bengals didn't know what they had in him. And to be able to trust him to make those plays was pretty, pretty impressive. So good on the Bengals. Good on Zach Taylor and good on Jake Browning.
So before we get into our week 14 picks, let us quickly recap the games we didn't talk about in week 13. We got my Miami Dolphins winning 45 to 15. Folks, watch out. Number one seed in the AFC. I like it. Tyreek for MVP. You heard it here first. Then we got the Saints holding on. Excuse me, the Lions holding on against the Saints 33 to 28. This was a crazy game. Lions um, had a big lead early. That the Saints come almost come back and uh, were able to uh, stop them late in the game. So Lions win there. Falcons beat the Jets 13 to 8. We had the Bucks winning 21 18 over the Panthers. Rams looking pretty good now, 6 and 6. They win 36 to 19 over the Cleveland Browns. And that is it for what was week 13 in the NFL. Let's jump to the game tonight, week 14, Dominic. Can I pass it over to you? We got your Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Patriots here. And uh, at home, the Steelers are favored by six. Ah, it's horrible. How are they favored by six? I don't like the spread, but I will still take the Steelers. They have to win this football game. But the Patriots usually always play strong against Pittsburgh. So I'll take Pittsburgh in this game, 23 to 20. You know what? I'm going to go with a close game as well, but much less high scoring. I'm going to go 13 to 10 Pittsburgh. I think we got two quarterbacks and two poor quarterbacks in this game, no matter who is starting for the Patriots. But yes, Pittsburgh needs this game more. Their defense gets the job. They get the victory. Next up, we got a divisional matchup. Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. We got the Saints favored by five and a half. Oh man, Saints almost had that big comeback, like I mentioned last week over the Detroit Lions. They didn't win last week. I think they get the job done this week and they win against Carolina. I'm going to go final score, uh, 27-14 Saints. You know, I watched a bit of Carolina last week and I was quite impressed with their offensive line. It's nice to see that Carolina, you know, after getting a new coach, coming in with a new scheme and seeing what can this team deliver. I don't think they win, they win this football game, but they do cover the spread. Give me the Saints, 17-13. All right, next up, big matchup. We got the 7-5 and five Colts at the 6-6 six and six Cincinnati Bengals. We got the Colts favored by one and a half. You know, I'm liking what Garner Minshew is doing, and I like the way the Colts are playing as a team. Yes, I am taking the Colts to beat Cincinnati 22-20. to 20. You know what, Dom? I respect that, but I'm liking what Jake Browning's doing, and I like what I'm seeing out of the Cincinnati Bengals, as I just mentioned uh, right before the break. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati winning here. I'm going to go 27-24 in what could be a very entertaining game. Next up, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Falcons favored by one and a half. I believe the winner of this game gets first place in the NFC South. Oh, my goodness. This going to be a good one. Oh, you know what? No, I'm not. Uh, no, I'm not doing it. I want to go with Tampa Bay here. I've been giving Tampa Bay the benefit of the doubt. Not doing it here. Give me Atlanta to win this game. OT, 23-20 final score. Falcons, and they get to extend their first place lead in that division. You know what? Tampa Bay has one really great football player, and that guy, his name is Mike Evans. I was so happy to see that he got another thousand yard season. Only one behind now, Jerry Rice. I think Tampa Bay, believe it or not, are going to squeak in the playoffs. I'm taking Tampa Bay in this oh. football game. Give me Tampa Bay 23-13. All right. Next up, we got the Houston Texans at the New York Jets. Houston favored by three and a half. Yeah, Robert Salas. He's got to get fired. I honestly don't know what he's doing. He's flip-flopping with his QBs. He's pulling a Belichick. And as a result, the Jets are just going to be tanking the rest 
of the way. Give me Houston in this football game, 24 to 13. Yeah, I'm not sure why Houston's only favored by three and a half. I'd be shocked if Houston doesn't find a way to win this football game. I'm going to go 31 to 15 here for those Houston Texans. And yes, Salah, you know, I think his mistake was being so adamant about sticking with Zach Wilson at the quarterback position. And then, oh, you know what? Zach Wilson's not playing well. Finally, we're going to pull the plug. That plug needed to be pulled a heck of a lot earlier on. And I think that, uh, yeah, you know, his job may be in jeopardy. And Houston does find a way to win this football game. Next up, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Cleveland Browns. We've got Cleveland favorite in this game by three. Oof, I guess we're not sure the quarterback situation for Jacksonville. I'm still going to go with Jacksonville. You know, they had a, a tough, tough loss this past weekend uh, against those Cincinnati Bengals. I think they took the Bengals for granted. This is a bounce back game for them this week. Cleveland, you know, has impressed with a 7-5 and five record. Jacksonville 8-4. and four. You got two good teams record-wise. But I think no matter who Jacksonville has, I think they find a way to win this football game. It may not be pretty, but they get the job done. I'm going to go 21-20 final score, Jags. Yeah, this is going to be an ugly football game. But the Cleveland Browns defense have played really well in a lot of games this season. So I'm going Cleveland here, 17-13. All right, next up, we got a divisional matchup. Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears. Lions favored by three. Yeah, you got to go with the Lions here. I want to take Chicago. You know, they played well this year, but, you know, Detroit, now they have to push it to another level. And you're playing Chicago. You got to put a lot of points on the board, which is what I expect. Give me Detroit 34 to 27. Yeah, I, I think the Detroit Lions put up a similar scoreline. I'm going to go 32 to 18 here. For those Lions, look, sitting at 9-3, and three, trying to battle for that first and, uh, you know, that buy in the NFC. So I think they get the job done here, and I don't think the Chicago Bears are much of a task for them. Next up, we got the LA Rams at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore favored by 7.5. Yeah, this game's in Baltimore, and I just don't like at all the Rams' defense. Give me Baltimore in this football game to win 24-10. to 10. I think this has the potential to be the game of the week. The Rams right now, 6-6, six and six, getting a big production out of uh, running back Williams at a Notre Dame you know, that you and I both like. But I do think this is Baltimore's game to lose, and I don't think they lose this game. I think you know they are the better team. And yes, their defense has been absolutely stellar this year. I think they find a way to win. I think it's going to be a close and exciting game. I'm going to go 24-21 here for those Baltimore Ravens. Four o'clock game, Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. We've got San Fran favored by 10.5. Oof, ten and a half is a break spread. I really like what I saw out of Seattle last weekend, even though they didn't find a way to get the job done. San Francisco is coming off a high. I think they win this game, but they don't win by as much as the public think. I'm going to go 27-22, final score, 49ers. I just think that Geno Smith, that injury, you know, I would put Drew Locke in personally. I think he's been playing hurt for the past couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and he probably might even get knocked out in this football game. Give me San Francisco, 30-17. to 17. All right, next up, we got the Minnesota Vikings at the Las Vegas Raiders. We got Minnesota favored by three. You know, I like the Raiders. I just think that the Raiders, a lot of people are kind of like, I'm not going to say that they're not looking them over, but they're not getting any attention whatsoever. Yeah. Sometimes that kind of kind of like strategy, not really a strategy, but people getting overlooked tend to shock a lot of people is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Give me the Raiders in this football game. 24 to 23. 
You know what? I'm going with the Raiders as well here. A big game for both teams. Minnesota six and six. Raiders at five and seven. You know, Raiders within somewhat within reach of the final wild card spot in the AFC. I'm gonna go with Josh Jacobs having a big game, getting two touchdowns, and the Raiders winning this one in OT 26-20. Final score. Next up. Top dogs in the AFC, or at least come preseason time. We have the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs favored by one and a half. Oh, this is going to be a great football game. I really think this is the game of the week. I know that uh, Buffalo want to beat Kansas City so bad, and yeah. they can taste it. And you know what? They will win this football wow. game. Wow. Josh Allen will have probably a career day against KC. He's circled this football game probably during preseason. Buffalo takes it 30 to 27. Well, look, yeah, both teams, you know, coming off the loss. Buffalo had the bye, but uh, they had, they lost the previous week. Kansas City losing a head scratcher against those Packers. So really, you got two good teams coming off of losses that you don't usually see. I'm going to go high scoring 30-27, but no, give me KC. They're playing at home. Arrowhead's going to be going bananas. They do want to have a better performance than they did last week. And, you know, Buffalo has not shown me much of reason to pick them this year. So I think that the Chiefs win this game, uh, yes, in a very close thriller by three over the Bills. Next up, Denver Broncos at the LA Chargers. We got the Chargers favored by two and a half. Look, I, I'm done with the Chargers, and I said it last week. I'm sure I said it the week before. Putting up six points in a victory, you know, congrats. You guys won the game. I'm not picking the Chargers anymore this year unless they're playing a very, very poor team. Uh, you know, that I'm sure that is possible. But, look, the Chargers still have stuff to play for. You know, 5-7, and seven, I just talked about the Raiders, 5-7 and seven as well. But I just don't see any heart leadership or any juice on this Chargers team. Denver, they did lose last week. They've still been on, you know, a bit of a run, uh, you know, with uh, with how they played before that loss. So I think Denver finds a way to win this football game. I'm going to go uh, final score 25-21 here for the Broncos. Yeah, I'm going to disagree here. I, we haven't seen Austin Eckler having a big game, and I think this will be the one that we've been waiting for. Austin Eckler goes off for 150 yards. The Chargers take it 24-21. to 21. Oof, wow, I like it. All right, next up, we got the Philadelphia Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys. Eagles 10-2, Cowboys 9-3. If the Cowboys win, they'll be tied 10-3, 10-3, and they would have split the season series 1-1. One one. So I'll have to go to tie breaks and see who would get first place. But you got to figure if the Eagles find a way to win this football game, that it's almost a wrap for the division. Dominic, who you got? we got the Cowboys at home favored by 3.5. You know... Mika Parsons is the second time I see him win a football game by himself. He did it last week on a beautiful play. I think he does it again. Dallas shocks the Eagles. Actually, they're favored, which is Are you crazy, gonna... eh? I know it is crazy. So they don't shock, but they just take this football game 26 to 20. Well, I still have a feeling that even though the Cowboys are favored, that that in Pick'em, most people are going to pick the Eagles to win this game straight up. You know, just because, you you know, we talk about losses and how many times do great teams bounce, bounce back after a tough loss. This is a tough one for me, but I am going to go with Philadelphia in this one on the road, basically snatching up the NFC East. They want to show that, you know, they are the top dogs in this division. That Everyone's, you know, jumping on that Cowboys bandwagon, questioning the Eagles, questioning Hurts. I think Philly gets the job done because they really do need to get this victory. And I know if they lose this game, they would have lost back-to-back -back games. Two good teams, the Eagles, but you want they want to show that they're still top dogs. 
let alone in the NFC, but in the NFL. So they win what should be a great game. I'm going to go final score 31 to 28 Philadelphia over those Cowboys. We got a doubleheader Monday night. Uh, two, well, I don't want to say two solid games. We got first game, or both games are at the same time, actually, 8 15 kickoff for both the Giants, Packers, and the Titans and Dolphins. Let's start first in New York. We got the Green Bay Packers favored over the New York Giants by six and a half. Green Bay's look good right now, and you know that playoff spot is just itching uh, right there for them. So I think they win this game. They have a lot more to play play for. Uh, maybe you know a closer game than people think. I think that you know Love has a, has a good game. Maybe not as good as the previous week. I'm gonna go 21 to 18, and the Packers improve to seven and six. Yeah, I'm going with the Packers, William. I think Jordan Love right now is ascending. I think it's gonna be a close game, uh, but the Packers will take it 24 to 17. All right, last but not least, we got the Tennessee Titans at the Miami Dolphins. We got the Dolphins favorite at home by 13 and a half. Yeah, you know, I, I smell a blood, but for whatever reason, the way that Tennessee played last week, seems like they try to make it respectable, and I think they're going to try to make it respectable in front of a uh, prime time. So give me Miami in this football game, 25 to 19. Yeah, you know, this is always a big spread here. And, you know, you always got to question big spreads. I know I've picked the Dolphins to cover big spreads uh, throughout the course of this season. And I've actually picked the Dolphins to win every one of their games. Call me by, so, you know, I guess it's all good and it's well-deserved. I'm going to go Miami winning, but not covering. Close to covering. I'm going to go 30-19 to 19 here. The Dolphins win, and they improve the record to 10-3. and 3. It's going to be a fight, like I mentioned, for that number one seed, as we know, over the last uh, few years, it's been changed. Only the top seed in each conference gets that by. So an even, even bigger incentive to get that number one overall seed. Dolphins find a way to win this game. we got two minutes left on the show, Dominic. What are you most looking forward to this week in the NFL? Oh, it's simple. It's, it's the Buffalo Bills. I really think Josh Allen... If you want to enter the playoffs, you got to beat Kansas City. You got to gain your confidence off Pat Mahomes' back. You really have to showcase the world that you're not a knucklehead and throwing picks left and right. You're actually a really decent QB. And there's not many of them in the NFL. But for whatever reason, I think you're a decent QB. And you will shock the Kansas City Chiefs because Casey definitely starts you know the more games they lose the more they're going to let other teams in that afc west creep back into the uh divisional uh potentially winning the division who knows yeah. if casey were to start slumping because once you lose one or two games you never know you can get on a losing streak so god forbid kc out of all team starts to lose games but no it will really be down to josh allen to beat pat mahomes and i think he does it this week that's what i'm looking forward to I like that good take there, Dumb. I'm going to go with the team that I feel also needs to maybe prove himself, and that's the Eagles. Look, they did not look good. They did not look competitive whatsoever against those 49ers. Uh, and they have an opportunity now not only to, you know, make a statement and beat their rivals in the Dallas Cowboys and go 2-0 and against them while Dallas is hot, but an opportunity to basically seal up this division and, and they'd be 11-2. and The Cowboys would fall to 9-4. and They'd have the tiebreak over them. You know, Philadelphia, look, you came also close to winning the Super Bowl last year. You definitely are Super Bowl contenders this year. Uh, and I want to see how this team bounces back. You know, it's all about the, the mental. Men Football is a lot of the mental game. And I think that Jalen Hurts is very mentally tough. And I do feel like they are surrounded by mentally tough players. And that's why I do think Philadelphia ultimately will come out there and win this football game. So, look, I'm looking at Philadelphia. But if you're Dallas, 
People have been talking about Philly all year. Go out there to the Cowboys, beat the Eagles, and show why you guys think you're the top dog in the NFC East. That's going to be a great game along with a lot of other games in Week 14. All right, folks. Thank you very much for tuning into the show. Like I always say, without you guys, there is no show. Tune in next week, same place, same time. You were listening to CJLO, 69 a.m. in Montreal.